self-love acceptance is a beingness. It is a belief. It is who you're being to your core and what you're doing with your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, just everything as accumulation. Self-care, I think, has become kind of like a stamp on something that, like you said, taking a bubble bath equals self-care or, I don't know, getting a massage, self-care. Mama! Welcome to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your dreams to take on the role of mom. I'm Kelsey Smith, mom of two boys, wife, and entrepreneur who's passionate about helping other moms current and aspiring to reimagine mom life. I'm bringing you the resources, support, and relatability to debunk that limiting belief that you may have about your ability to achieve your goals while raising a human. We're covering everything from mom guilt, marriage, relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it. Your life doesn't have to fully shift once you become a mom. You can have it all and we'll show you how. Hey mamas, thanks for tuning in this week to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder to reimagine mom life at any stage and rediscover your multifaceted self. I'm Kelsey Smith and I'm super excited that you are here truly because building this community is so important to me and I am learning and growing right alongside of you. So thanks for being in the thick of it with me. Thanks for being here. And that is why we have a podcast, because I know as moms, it can be really hard to find time to prioritize yourself and what you have going on. So podcasting allows you to be able to pop something in your ears, whether you're going for a walk, doing dishes, laundry, making lunch, or anything else that's on that busy schedule of yours. So thank you for being here. And please share with a friend if you think they could use some love in their ears too. In case you're new here, I do want to give a brief overview of who I am and what Mama Has Goals is because it is so much more than a podcast. I'm a mom of two little boys, a wife, vineyard owner, and phone app and community creator. And of course, so much more sushi lover, bubbly beverage lover. But before some of those more recent accomplishments and journeys, life handed me the question of if I hadn't made it through that, what story would I have left behind? And since then, I've been on a mission to pursue my highest self alongside motherhood and help other moms do the same. You can connect with us here on the podcast in our free phone app that you can download from your app store on Instagram and through virtual and in-person events. Check out the trailer episode for some more info or truly I would love to chat with you. So send me a message on Instagram to connect. Mama House Goals truly came from me seeing a need for all women to connect that wanted to build their own identity alongside their family journey. And family looks different for a lot of people. Your own identity looks different for a lot of people. So regardless of what your goals are, regardless of your home dynamic or your interests or your season of life, Mama House Goals is the platform for you to connect with whoever you need and get the resources and support and relatability to truly move forward in whatever is on your heart. We have some really exciting things coming up in the Mama House Goals community, and the best way to know about those is to be in the app. From there, we will share with our Instagram and podcasting community, but we want to make sure you're there to check it out first. So definitely go download that. And you can also text podcast to 707-347-0319 to get weekly 
inspiration, motivation, and just chat with me. I would love to chat with you. So shoot me a text. Again, that's podcast to 707-347-0319. When I first started to stepping into my growth, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, a lot of it started with me sending some messages to some random people on the internet and trying to learn about what they were doing and how I could grow from them. And one of those most pivotal people connected me with our guest today. Casey Rose is a self-love mindset and fitness coach on a mission to support women to feel confident and empowered in the skin that they're in. After several years of struggling with her own relationship and body, she finally tried a different approach that is led with self-love and body love, balance, and subconscious reprogramming. She now supports others to do the same through her signature program, The Body Love Method. I love connecting with Casey every time I do. She is such a breath of fresh air, truly. She is such a big heart and she backs it with so much science, so much learning, so much program unprogramming that she's been able to go through. And I'm super excited to share her insight with you today on how to love yourself a little bit more, how you can talk better about yourself in front of your children, how you can help support their self-love and their self-confidence especially about your body, but truly everything else. And this isn't just for girls. This is for boys too. And as a boy mom myself, I am super excited to implement these things at a young age, but it's never too late either. So I can't wait for you to dive in, get some real tangible takeaways on how to love yourself a little bit more this month and truly care for just your overall well-being. You can connect with Casey on Instagram at Casey Rose Coaching. And of course, follow me at Mama Has Goals. Now let's welcome Casey Rose to the show. Casey, I am so excited to have you here. Our journey of becoming online friends is one of my favorite. And then being able to have you come out for my launch party for Mama House Goals all the way from Hawaii to then be able to just continue to support each other for me to learn from you and have you pour into the Mama House Goals community from the very beginning is so special to me. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And shout out to Kat Norton for connecting us because she will always be such a hero in my little journey here. But you are such an advocate for self-love and confidence and body positivity and care. But this comes from your own journey and your own challenges. So I'd love for you to take us back and give us a little bit of a story on what you've navigated and how you've come to really pour into others from your experience and learnings yourself. Mm, Yes, absolutely. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here and also equally as grateful for our friendship through Kat. Shout out Kat. Yeah. So anyway, to my journey. So I was somebody who for my entire adult life struggled with my relationship with my body, my relationship with food, kind of getting sucked down into diet culture and the societal standard of beauty, which is something that I think a lot of women fall into. And this kind of happened. So I was a competitive gymnast growing up. So I never had to worry about my body. I was always thin and muscular and in shape. And then when I quit gymnastics, I don't know, my senior year and then went into college, I gained a lot of weight fast. And a lot for me was 20 pounds at the time. I was, you know, short, tiny. And then from that to 20 extra pounds hit me in the face. And I then developed this horrible relationship with my self-worth, my self-esteem, and it all revolved around how I looked. I was very much 
relating my self-worth to the number on the scale and how I looked, especially when you're in college. It's just that mentality of comparing yourself to the other girls and just feeling like you don't fit in or you can't wear the size extra small, all of that mentality that comes around it. So that launched me into a very long chapter of my life feeling worthless, not thinking that I was good enough to wear certain clothes and just like always wanting to hide my body and then turning into very sadly a disordered relationship with food, binging, restricting, just all of the things that can come with that. And that was a really, I'm going to get emotional thinking about that. That was a long time ago. I haven't been there in such a long time. But I did not feel like I had any control over myself. I based everything on food, my body, and that was that, right? My weight was my worth. So from there, I then went down the opposite end and I joined a fitness competition. So I started competing in figure shows. And that was kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. I started to base everything around how I looked in terms of the sport, right? But that also led to continue on the awful relationship with food, restricting, not drinking enough water, just all of the things sadly damaging my body. All of that to say, throughout the ups and the downs of that, I finally reached a point where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Every single moment, all I am fixating on is my body, the number on the scale, and how I look in a bathing suit or just clothes in general. And I was sick of it. And so I reached this breaking point where I was, honestly, I just like threw my hands up and I was like, F this. I'm, I just don't care anymore because as hard as I'm trying to lose weight, it's not happening. All I'm doing is yo-yo dieting and self-sabotaging and it's just not effective. So what if I just tried something different. What if I just accepted where I was at and I tried to love my body, even when I was insecure, even when I was 20 pounds heavier, which the weight doesn't matter. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I was like, what if I just exist? And honestly, Kelsey, it is the craziest period of my life because when I no longer based my worthiness around my weight, the 20 pounds that I had tried for 10 years to lose, it melted off. Like, I don't even know how it happened and how fast it happened because I wasn't tracking it anymore. It just all of a sudden didn't matter. And that came from my focus on self-love and self-acceptance and taking the meaning out of the weight. And that is why I'm so passionate now. This is what I teach. I'm a self-love, body love, and mindset coach for women because once you stop making the weight mean something, we can really heal our relationship with our body and food. And that's what led me into this. That's my passion because it worked for myself and not only worked, but it, it saved my mental health and my relationship with myself. Yeah. So I hope that covers all the bases. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And every time I hear your story, I'm just so inspired. And I think so many people can resonate with it because you've played so many different sides of it, right? And been able to catch yourself on one end to then go to the other end and then be able to, like you said, have this yo-yo dieting and self-sabotage that sometimes we consciously are aware of, but are still looking to go down that path because we think it's our only option. And two, sometimes are not consciously aware of and then being able to reflect back and be like, whoa, I'm actually in that. So when I think of self-love, before I really got into mindset work and understanding what self-love means, because I didn't think I had a bad relationship with who I was or how I thought of myself, I kind of thought self-love was self-care, right? Like the to love yourself, you're just caring for yourself, which is kind of your typical self-care of maybe a bubble bath or really just navigating that in a different way. So what are some of the misconceptions you see with your clients and the people that you work with around self-love and self-care? 
And do you feel like there's poor advertising on this topic? And how can we actually love ourselves and care for ourselves? But really, I believe self-care is kind of coming off superficial these days and that it's so much deeper than that. So what are some of the tactics that you recommend and some of kind of the faults that you see? Yeah, and I think it is kind of misportrayed sometimes, self-care. So to me, the difference is self-love, acceptance, is a beingness. It is a belief. It is who you're being to your core and what you're doing with your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, just everything as accumulation. Self-care, I think, has become kind of like a stamp on something that, like you said, taking a bubble bath equals self-care or, I don't know, getting a massage, self-care. And I think that I do kind of see those things as self-care as well, but I also want to make it known that self-care doesn't need to be an hour-long massage. Self-care can be sitting for five minutes in silence, and that's enough I think the self-care, it sometimes get a little fuzzy because you think that you have to do all of these things to equate it to self-care. And in my opinion, you don't. It can be just the little things. But I kind of equate self-care more towards action steps. Self-love, to me, is who you become. It's a beingness. It is when you you accept all of your flaws, you decide to show up and say, hey, I'm going to look at all of the scary parts of myself, the parts that I'm ashamed of, the parts that I would never want anybody to see. And you go on that brave journey. I'm like getting chills. And you look at them and you stare at them and say, wait a second, you're okay. You're enough. You're worthy. You're good enough. And you accept them and you give all of those parts a hug because I think that's my favorite part of this journey. None of it matters anymore. I'm not ashamed of any of those parts of myself, any of the parts of my past, like they're just a part of who I was. And now that I've accepted it, they feel safe to be integrated. So to me, self-love is all of those things combined. And it's really a beingness and just that belief system of I'm choosing to love myself no matter what. Because now in the future, when I quote unquote mess up or when I have an off day, I don't even like to label these things anymore, but it they, they don't mean anything anymore because my entire belief system revolves around my worth is inherent. It is dependent on nothing outside of me. And I get to love myself as a choice. Like you get to choose that. And it's not dependent on anything outside of you. So I kind of think that's the difference. One's internal and one feels a little more external. But I think that's just for everybody listening. I do want you to know it's a choice. You get to choose to do that no matter what, despite everything else. Yeah. And what came up for me with that is I remember I had made some decisions in my past that I had placed meaning to, right? I had decided that they were mistakes in my past where someone else may not even see them as a mistake, but I had placed meaning on them. And I had decided that these were the bad parts of my story. Or I remember I used to tell people it would be like the page of my book of life that I would maybe rip out before giving my book of life to someone. And just not something that I felt confident standing behind. And then I did have to kind of reprogram how I thought about it to say, okay, you have to love this part of you because it's part of your story. But it's up to you to decide what it means. And it's up to you to decide what comes next. And that was really, really big for my journey. And thinking about that and thinking about the difference with self-care, the way you worded it, what came up for me is almost, I think about Self-love is the decision, like you said, the choice of what you make your past, present, and future mean for you and who you are. And self-care is maybe the action that you take to help support you upon that journey. So you maybe do need to have five minutes of quiet and you maybe do need to go get that massage or something else to support your journey of self-love. But your journey of self-love is you without that support system as well. 
Does that seem right? A hundred percent. And I think self-care is supportive of that self-love, but we want to start with not needing it to, I think that's what it comes down to is sometimes we give something so much power. Like I need to have blank in order to feel something with everything, right? I need to lose 10 pounds in order to be worthy. That's the conversation I kind of want to dismantle. We get to feel that self-love before everything else, even before the self-care, not discounting self-care because it's so important. I totally preach that, but it's the internal part that we want to shift first. Yeah. And self-love and self-care is so different for each person, right? So I think that can sometimes be helpful to know that your journey is going to look so different than anyone else's, but it also can be really overwhelming. So can you talk a little bit about like when you envision yourself differently than other people see you or you see someone else differently than maybe they see themselves or you see yourself and there's this comparison game going on and you're really just trying to figure out what does self-love and self-care look like for you because it is individualized. How do you find the support you need when you know you're unique and no one can really replicate exactly what you need? So this question is, I would actually stop outsourcing and looking for support. And I would get really quiet with yourself and just ask yourself what you need. In the beginning of my journey, and I think this is so normal, I would be on Instagram and TikTok looking at these other coaches, looking at these other women and being like, okay, so what are they doing in their routine? Like, cause I need to do that because if they're happy with their bodies, then that's, what's going to get it to me. And not that some of the things didn't work, but I found that I just needed to do what worked for me. And then all of a sudden it came, right? Some people love journaling. Some people hate it. And if there's a coach or a, a influencer out there saying journaling is the way to love your body and it's not working for you, that can lead to a whole nother aspect of like, okay, well, I'm doing something wrong. It's not working for me. What's wrong with me? So my recommendation, and of course I can give examples. I will absolutely share my routine. But what I say with my clients is before I share my routine with you, I want you to think about the things that do support you. And I give them a whole slew of things. And then I ask them to just try it out and see what works best for them and then keep those things that do work and kind of just table the rest because this is not a one size fits all approach. And like I said, even just sitting five minutes in silence can be so beneficial, but for some, they need to be going, going, going to feel good. So I don't know if that kind of answers the question, but that would be my advice is kind of look inward and try a bunch of things and keep what works for you. So if you're in that place where you need to look inward, then you're going to just skip forward here. But if you're like, I just really, really need that support. I would love if you shared a couple examples or your routine for how you make sure that you are prioritizing yourself, whether it's care, or maybe it's, you know, words that you say to yourself daily to really sit in that like self love. And maybe also from the standpoint of really just sitting there and saying like, you know, you are worthy as is, or you are loved as is. Are there things like that, that someone could just start with if they're feeling like that's all grand and dandy, but like, I just don't feel great about myself. Like what's the very first thing that they could do? Yes, absolutely. I should have rephrased that question differently earlier. It's more about just finding, like trying all the things and then picking what works best for you. But in the beginning, if you're totally lost and you're like, I literally don't know how to love myself. Here's some great steps. First of all is making a list of some affirmations. Even if you don't believe them yet, even though it feels hard, writing down some things that you're going to work towards and you can read every day. Something else that is so beneficial, everybody has their phone and they carry it around. 
out of that list of positive affirmations, putting a reminder on your phone, because we all have that reminders app. In the beginning, I had reminders going off every single hour on my phone, saying things like my weight or my worth does not equal my weight, or saying my body is the least interesting thing about me. My worth is inherent. Just little reminders, because I was so, so trapped in the belief that I wasn't good enough. So I needed constant reminders. And you know, I'm big on mindset and subconscious beliefs. I do subconscious reprogramming. When you have a belief, guys, that you're unworthy, and if it's in your subconscious mind, we actively consciously have to break that pattern on a daily basis. We don't break that pattern until we take different action. So that is why having affirmations on the mirror in the morning. So when you go into the mirror and you're looking at yourself, instead of automatically picking yourself apart, you can read those and say, I am worthy, even though I don't weigh X amount or my weight doesn't equal my worth, like just something to kickstart your brain to think in a different pattern than it's used to. And then throughout the day, the reminders and then listening to podcasts is great listening to songs that amp you up. And then one more thing that I would share is mirror work. This can feel really scary to a lot of people in the beginning. But something I did was I looked at my body in the mirror with a bathing suit on with minimal clothing so that I could get comfortable with it because it's really hard to heal your relationship with something if you never take the time to look at it. So I added that in. I started with 60 seconds because it was really scary and I was very ashamed. And then after that, I kind of stood there for five minutes and I would kind of squeeze my tummy and like just you know, look at myself and really begin to accept it. And then once I got the acceptance part down, then I practiced the love. So those are kind of where I would start is some affirmations, mirror work, and then the reminders on your phone. I love that so much. And the reminders I think are great because sometimes when we need that affirmation or we need that prompt, we're not in a place to actually even say it and believe it. And so having it set when you are in a place to commit to that work to then pop up when you might not be is really great because then you don't have to be like, oh, I'm saying my affirmations today. Like it's popping up to you throughout the day. And it's kind of like a fail safe plan, which I love because we, especially as this community of current and aspiring ambitious moms, there are things going on throughout the day that make it hard sometimes to foresee all of the goals that we had and really execute. So I love that. I love the reminders and then loving your body. And that actually is where I'd love to take this conversation next. So I would love to talk about becoming a mom. Your body changes typically, depending on how you step into motherhood, because it's not the same for everyone. But if you did carry your child or any, even just the stress and the change in your daily schedule, all of that can really change what your body is operating as, what it looks like, how you think about it. You may not be showing up for yourself in your self-care or your hair and makeup and exercise all the same ways before. So I would love for you to just talk a little bit about some ways to signal that, hey, you might need to make your body love a priority. What are maybe some things that you notice people say to themselves or actions people may be taking that you could kind of have this self check in to be like, oh, you know what, I didn't actually realize consciously that I wasn't loving my body the way that maybe I should be. What are some kind of like red flags or alerts that we should be looking out for? So I think the alerts, honestly, it's so sad, but most of our as women and this is just a broad generalization, honestly, but the way that we talk about ourselves and our bodies and the comparison game pretty much 
<laughs> a big part of our vocabulary is usually negative towards ourselves. Anytime we are putting ourselves down or anytime we are comparing ourselves to others, or here's the third one that I see all the time, anytime that we are not accepting a compliment, these are all ways that we are just not showing ourselves love and that recognizing that inherent self-worth. So an easy one is, I just, all of you listening right now, how did you speak to yourself when you looked at yourself in the mirror this morning? Whether you've gone through a motherhood journey or not, you know, just how are you speaking to yourself in your body? Comparison is the second one. When you walk into a room, say it's all women, because I don't even care about the guys. I care about the girls. <laughs> like when I walk into a room, I'm not worried about what the guys think of me. I'm worried about the girls. I think it's just something we as women do. And just think about, are you looking at her and how she looks in that top or that she's wearing a crop top to the gym and you're still maybe wearing a full tank top or whatever? Are you comparing? Because that's also an outsource of your energy. And then the third one, when somebody says, oh my gosh, you're looking great today or oh my gosh, you're being, you're such a great mom or whatever. Are you immediately brushing it off and saying, oh, I, I hate how the hairdresser did my hair. Like, thank you, but I don't like it. Or are you saying, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I wish I felt like a good mom. How many times do we immediately reject it instead of just saying thank you? So those are just some things that I didn't even realize because once again, these aren't conscious behaviors to a lot of us, especially with women. We've watched our moms do it. They watched their moms do it. And the way that the societal standard of beauty is set up is to often make us feel shame. So we don't even realize the way we're speaking to ourselves, the way we compare ourselves and the compliments. And then actually I have one more to add. How are you speaking and viewing other women? Because... And this is a no shame game, but if you're judging other women or you're seeing a mom online who maybe is back in a crop top and she's on the cycle bike or whatever, and you're judging her, that's another way that we are internalizing that shame. So just some things to look out for. I think those are the big red flags, but the only way we become conscious is if we actively pay attention. So thought awareness, I just for everybody listening, ask yourself those questions and see if you're engaging in any of them. And there's no shame, but let's bring awareness to it. Yeah, I love that. And I think back to my journey and times that I've kind of found these flags myself. And the first one you said about like, how are you talking to yourself? I didn't consciously think I was saying anything negatively of myself. But what I noticed is when people started prompting me to talk positively to myself, how uncomfortable that felt. And so while I may not have been looking myself in the mirror and been like, oh, you're this and that in a negative way, I also wasn't doing it in a positive way. And when I did, it felt really uncomfortable. So that is definitely one thing. And then also we're, you were saying the compliments, the compliments that you receive. That was one of my goals for last year was to receive compliments and not just to discount them, but to not just give another compliment. Because my coping mechanism of that wouldn't be like, oh, I'm just so ugly, you're wrong. But it would be just deflecting it back to the other person. Like, oh, no, you're beautiful. You know, you've always heard hear girls say that. No, you're so pretty. No, you look so good. To actually just receive the compliment and say, thank you. And what really clicked for me with that was when someone told me that you're actually robbing the person giving you a compliment of their intention when you don't receive the compliment. 
So when someone says like, I love your sweater and you don't receive it, they are recognizing that you didn't hear that. And you're now robbing them of the ability to give you a compliment. And that like really sat with me because I was like, whoa, like I never thought of it that way. I've never, you know, my intention isn't to tell that person that I didn't love their compliment. But when you're not saying thank you and you're not just receiving it and you are just brushing it off, it's really what you're doing. And then that person's like, man, why do I even try to be nice to people? They don't even receive my compliments. So I absolutely love that. And how you're talking about other people. That was like a big thing too. And I can't remember who said this, but I remember listening to someone say like, if you see another woman and you judge them and their example was, if you see a woman walking by with like a designer purse or in a nice car and you automatically assume something bad about how she received that, like she didn't earn it or whatever her story is to have that, how can you come back and say, you know what, I can't wait to learn from her what her journey was to get that. Or I wish I knew more about her story. And then not only thinking that, but taking action on it. So like if you see someone online and you're just like judging maybe the way she's showing up in her physical journey after motherhood, to be able to send her a message and be like, hey, I am so in awe of how you balance all the things and how you show up for yourself and your exercise. I'd love to know what some advice is that you have for me to be able to implement that into my life. So I definitely can use all these reminders all the time. But those are some of the things I try to challenge myself with is like, if I see someone doing something maybe better, or I feel maybe a form of judgment, or just like kind of frustration towards that person to be able to think of, okay, why am I feeling this way? And what can I do about it? So I absolutely love that. I think the other piece for moms and parents that comes in is when we do all of these things that we have little humans watching us, right? And not only does that give a different message to how they think about themselves, it also gives them a message on how they treat others and how they see us treating ourselves, like you said. So I would love for you to give us some thoughts and examples on how we can establish good conversation with self-love just in general, but also with your body when it comes to our children and as a current only boy mom myself, I want to, you know, say that this is just as important for boys as it is for girls. It's not just like a girl mom thing. It's really important. I know, but I would love the advice on how, because sometimes we know something's important, but we don't know how to actually implement it. So I'd love to get some like tangible takeaways for our parents on how to increase good body conversation and self-love conversation with their kids. Yes, absolutely. And I love this. I am coming from the space of not having children yet, but learning as much as I possibly can so that I can break these cycles. And they're generational. And this is no fault to our parents or our grandparents. It just is what it is. But I love this question. So the first thing is that kids mimic. Monkey see, monkey do. They are watching. They are sponges. And conversations, we're going to get to that second piece next. But the first thing is how you are treating yourself. It's not even like pretending your child isn't even there, but they see you when you're looking at the mirror and you are just like, like you're looking defeated at yourself. And once again, it's okay that you're going through your own journey, but do you want your daughter or your son, it doesn't matter the gender, but do you want them to grow up in a world where they're looks are dependent on their worth or their worth is dependent on their looks. So how you see yourself and how you act towards yourself, your self-love journey matters because they're going to mimic it. So if you watched your mom in the mirror thinking that she wasn't good enough, always calling herself fat, always never like going into a dressing room and being defeated all the time, 
your child is going to mimic that in their own journey. I mean, sometimes they won't, but that's what their belief system is being based on. That mom never felt worthy, that mom didn't like how she looked in the dressing room. So as a teenager, you're probably going to adopt some of those things because that's how your belief system is formed from the ages of zero to seven, imperative years. So the first thing is really working on your own self-love journey. And even if you're not feeling it, I think there's a lot of controversy around the fake it till you make it thing, but it's so true, especially if you have little eyes on you, you have to try to show up for yourself because you're also showing up for your child in that moment as well. So when you're getting ready in the morning, speaking those positive affirmations out loud so they can see you doing that. When you are putting on clothes, even if you're not feeling your best, and I know how hard this is, it's feeling good and trying to put that smile on anyway. And another one I notice a lot with women is not wanting to be in photos, especially with their little kids around, you know, like Christmas photos or anything like at the beach with your kids and being like, I don't want to be in it or oh my God, I look so fat in that. They hear that and they see it and they see that mom didn't want to be in photos. So subtly, even though, and once again, ladies, this isn't your fault. I don't want you guys to feel bad listening to this if you're doing these things, but this is how we can break these generational patterns and speak to your children about having a positive conversation with their bodies. So those are some things in terms of how we can be as the adult. And then the other thing is you asked about like, what can we do to support our children with their bodies is I want to take the conversation off of the bodies as much as we kind of place an emphasis on it. And it's very normal to, you know, if your little kid is coming up to you say, oh my gosh, you look so pretty today. Oh my gosh, you look, that dress looks so pretty on you. It's doing that and adding something in that is different than the looks. We want to instill this worthiness and this empowerment in our children, both boys and girls, that their looks aren't the focus, right? You know, little sayings like, when kids are little, oh, he's going to be a lady killer someday, or oh, she's going to, you know, like, look out, dad, she's going to bring those boys home, like things like that. Little kids absorb that, even though they have no idea what it means. That's being instilled in them that there is something that ties along with their looks. So even though I do think it's okay to say that your kid is cute, and they're, they look great today, and I love that. But just making sure that at the same time, we're also doing positive positive statements, excuse me, that revolve more than just how they look in however they look. Yeah. Gosh, so many light bulbs for me there. Like I try to be really conscious about certain things. Like I'll be like, oh, you're so handsome and smart and strong. But a couple of the things you said, I was like, wow, that I could totally see how we would do that without even thinking twice about it and how that really does affect us. And maybe for some of us listening, we can think back how we subconsciously now can realize how those things have been said to us and how we show up because of that. And so I definitely love that. One of the things you talked about is how you talk about yourself in front of your kids. And there is definitely a lot of back and forth conversation about being really real with how you're feeling to your kids and the challenges you're going through, but also showing up for them. And when it comes back to your body, if your body has changed post having children, and even just without having children, like I know before I had kids, like our bodies change from like 13 to 18, 18 to 25, you know, so on and so on. It changes, your body changes. And so I think just thinking about how do we have those conversations about change, but loving the change and loving what our body does for us. And even when you're talking about, you know, you look so cute in that dress, but maybe talking about, I know people do this with food, right? Instead of saying like, 
oh, you know, veggies are good for you and cookies are bad for you. But like, what do the different foods do for your body? Also, what does our body do for us, regardless of how it looks and communicating, like, if you do have stretch marks on your body, whether it's from children or not, like, our stretch marks are from changes in our body. And like, how are some of those ways that we can navigate those conversations to say, you know what, mommy is feeling a little different about her body today. But it's because of this. And I'm, you know, almost speaking through your journey out loud to them, like as you're talking yourself through it and saying like, okay, acknowledge how you're feeling, share how you're feeling, but now flip the script, if you will. And here's how we change it. What are some thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I do want to make it clear that it is still okay as adults to have tough body image days, especially as women, we have them. And this isn't to always like sunshine and rainbows our journey, because I do think it's so important for children to see their parents have real emotions, to see them having hard times. But the thing here with that is to see their conclusion out of it. How do they navigate it? Because, you know, if you never see your parents cry as a child, you're going to grow up thinking, okay, crying must be bad. Or when there is crying, it must mean something is really wrong. When in reality, mom standing in front of the mirror, you know, just after having a baby and having stretch marks and feeling so defeated, that's a very real and raw journey. And she can cry and she can stand in front of that mirror. And if your little one is watching, just saying some words of, you know, mommy is having a really tough time because her body has gone through some changes, but then validating those changes and making them real so that they're just normalized. I think that's the biggest thing here is we want to normalize all of these things without giving them so much power without giving them so much meaning. Meaning is something, stretch marks don't mean anything until you make them mean something. Stretch marks don't mean anything until you see the cover of a magazine where they're all airbrushed off and then you think that something's wrong with them. So I think making your child, and this is a whole nother conversation, but making your child, first of all, know that emotions are safe and then giving names to them, like giving reason, giving names, explaining as much as you can. Because also remember, their brains are so different than ours. They can't really consciously understand these things. But just something as simple as mommy is having a tough time. Her body has gone through a lot of changes and she's learning to love it as it is. And knowing that her body doesn't equal her worth or just really as much as we can, making the conversation that we can have an experience without attaching it to our worth. So I actually think I would probably have to think on that on ways to word it to a child because their brains are so different. I think the example you gave was so great. Like I, in one of the words specifically in that sentence that I loved that you said was learning. Because I think sometimes when we are trying to take our kids on the journey with us, we forget that that journey doesn't have to end that day and in that conversation, right? So the conversation can be about the journey and about learning. But it doesn't mean that by the end of the conversation, you're like, and now I love myself. But to be able to say like, mommy's learning to love her body or mommy's learning to do this. I really love that you included that word in there. And I think it's applicable to so many different things that we could be navigating as adults. But being able to just say, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm working on. This is what I'm learning. And you're just bringing them kind of along for the ride in an age appropriate way. And because if your kid's older, it might be a different conversation. It might be really talking through like, you know, it might be sitting down with your teen daughter or son and saying like, what are some of the things that you're thinking about your body right now? Like share that with me. And, you know, you could probably do that at a young age too, but to be able to sit down and just say like, okay, let's talk about what we're each learning about this. And 
So I actually think that that's a great example. And I love that. And so in February, we're talking about our relationships with ourselves and also our relationships with others. And that's really what the theme of what I'm looking at in February and what I'm bringing the community along with. And your self-love and self-care and your body love and these conversations that we're talking about, they kind of all come back to this idea of self-worth that we were talking about earlier. And overall, the relationship that you have with your future, your past, your present, and your worth in each of those categories of your body, your mind, your looks, everything in between. So can you talk a little bit about a little more in depth? We talked about this, but a little more in depth about how do you establish your worth? And how do you make it a priority on a daily basis? Because really, anything you do in life, how you have a conversation with anyone else, how you show up and wake up in your feelings and emotions, how you choose how you, you know, do physical movement with your body, the food you put into your body, what your job is, really your entire journey of life comes back to this establishment of your self-worth. So how can you make yourself and your relationship with yourself a priority? I love this. And the first thing I want to say is just to kind of help us around the worthiness thing, because I think so many of us still feel like our worth is attached to something outside of us. The thing that helped me the most was realizing that and just remembering, I didn't come onto this planet feeling unworthy, right? None of you came here and were staring at the other babies in the hospital bed thinking, wait, she's better than me. I'm not worthy because these are my parents. I'm not worthy because my parents don't make a lot of money, right? This is a learned behavior. Worth, worthiness is a learned belief. So the first thing that it's really just about grasping and taking on this new understanding of your worth, that it's inherent. It is not dependent on anything. So something that I would ask you right now is if you're feeling unworthy, ask yourself why and just kind of allow yourself to make a list of what am I basing my worth on? The amount of money I have, the amount of friends that I have, the way I look in a bathing suit, the size clothing I wear, the number on the scale. So much will come out, I guarantee, if you just start to journal. And I want you to realize that none of it matters. And not that you can't have the experience that you're having because you can, but none of those things equal your worth. Your worth is inherent. So that's the first part is we have to consciously and subconsciously make that our new belief. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will take time. But just telling yourself that every day and making that an affirmation until we believe it. And obviously, there's subconscious tools we can implement there as well. But that's the first part. The second part is in every moment, we have to check in with ourselves and realize that we get to be our source of our empowerment, our feelings, and our choices and our actions. Like it all, I feel like a lot of times we're outsourcing it. We're giving so much credit to something outside of us, our worth. Like, you know, if your, jo- if your boss tells you you're doing a good or a bad job, how often do we internalize that and say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't do it or I'm not good enough or we're at a workout class and the lady next to us is lifting 10, 10 more pounds than us. We're outsourcing our power at all times. So my journey to self-love and self-worthiness really came from me turning on my own light, that light that's in all of us, but it's been buried under so many things. And once you kind of return that on and you find that light and check in with yourself before everything and come from a space of empowerment versus helplessness. And once again, if you're at the helplessness, it's okay. There's no shame here. But something big for me is always checking in and remembering that I have my back. I get to choose how I feel. And once I stopped giving my power away, it was like 
I, I just, I acted differently. I showed up into a room different because I realized that nobody gets to make me feel a certain way. I get to choose. And that, like, I, I just like, want to stand up and start marching around right now. Like, it's an empowering feeling. So I think those are the biggest things is learning that, that new belief, that new paradigm, and then empowering yourself first, checking in with yourself. Absolutely. I remember there were certain things in my life where I'd be like, oh, well, that person thinks this or, you know, that person believes this about me. And I finally hit this place where I was just like, why do I care? Like, even if that's what they think or they believe, like, truly, why do I care? And that question, I think, coming back to was really big for me. And I realized I didn't. And I realized the people that I did care, their opinion about things, I could go and ask them. They would give me their opinion and they were doing it because they loved me and supported me and wanted to really help me on my journey, not because they just had an opinion and they wanted to just hold that. So I love that. It does bring up a question for me, though. We talk a lot about growth and evolution, but loving yourself where you're at as well. I'd love for you to speak to that. Like when it comes to terms of self-love and worthiness, how do you love yourself exactly where you are and know that you're perfect as is and you don't need to change, evolve and grow? but also encourage yourself to love yourself on your growth journey? Mm, this is a good question. And I think I ran into this kind of in the middle of my journey, I would say. I got to a place where I really loved and accepted myself. But then it almost becomes a like, well, then why do I need to achieve this goal, right? Because I already know that I'm worthy. Why do I need to do this? And I think it's more of, I almost view life now, this is going to sound a little silly, but I almost just view it as this big opportunity adventure and almost as a game. and choosing to say, how do I want to experience life now? Like what level of experiencing life can I get to? Like I've already, in my opinion, in my life, I've already won, right? Like I have achieved a space where I love myself so completely. I feel so good in my own skin, no matter what it looks like. Like I have just gotten to that space where, I don't know, just in my mindset and growth journey, like I'm really proud of how far I've come. But I do think that there can be like an excitement of meeting versions of yourself that still haven't come about yet in a fun and positive way. So I look at it as, okay, that version who, I don't know, it just depends on what you're going for in life right now. Like I have a big, a big business goal coming up. And it's more about if I loved myself just this little bit more. And by loving myself, I mean, disciplining myself to show up. So motivation isn't something we have all the time. It's about discipline. And I look at it as if I disciplined myself to keep going on the self-love journey and to keep doing the things, how cool would my life be, right? My life's already really freaking cool, but wouldn't it be really cool if this happened? And I kind of phrase it in that way because you never want to be like, well, you're a piece of garbage because your business isn't making this much money. So you might as well not even try. There's so many different facets to self-love and your worth. Like it's tricky. So I kind of in such a place of acceptance that life is great, but this or something better is just something I like to say. So it's more of just like, how cool would I, how cool could life be if I could experience it in this way? And then loving myself to that next phase. Yeah, I love the idea of the opportunity. And I definitely resonate with that. And I think that's, you know, it's something that I've toyed with too, for myself and those that I'm connected with and in our community is really saying, no, 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 we are loving life as is, or we're getting to a place where we do if you're not there. And then once you're there saying like, this is amazing, but I love myself so much. I want to allow myself to explore more if it feels good. And so it's not coming from like a push. It's coming more from a pull 
to say like, if you're feeling called to pursue more, if your self, your highest self, if your loved self is looking to pursue more, or if you're not in a place of self-love, pursuing self-love, then you're pulling yourself up to that version of love that's even higher, not pushing yourself and saying, you suck, get out of here, (laughs) but being able to pull yourself up. So I love that so much. Now, even in our self-love journey, there's other people that we're connected with, right? And so focusing on relationships in February, it's not always just our relationship with ourselves, but it's also our relationship with others. So I know you're recently married. Congratulations. I would love for you to speak to the impact that your self-love journey has had on your friendships, but also your romantic relationship, and then ways that self-love can improve different things within each of those, whether it's communication, trust, maybe even intimacy, and how it allows us to show up differently. Mm, I love this conversation because in the beginning of my relationship with my husband and just even friendships too, but I'm just going to speak on romantic relationships in life. A lot of our conversations revolved around my insecurities and I have an incredible husband. God bless him. He would be there and listen to every single one of him. And every single time he would make me feel better and he would always do his best to hold me or, you know, just do whatever I needed in those moments. But it really robbed our relationship of a lot of other aspects because all I was doing was constantly focused on my insecurities. And then his job in that, the role that he had to play, not that he had to, I know he he wanted to be there for me, but that was all it really was. It was me feeling insecure and him having to make me feel better. And that was really how things revolved for a long time. And you lose a lot of the back and forth with that because that's the dynamic now. It's that I didn't feel good about myself. He had to try to make me feel good about myself. And that was that, right? And you miss out on a lot of the fun communication and other things in a relationship when that's the the emphasis. So once I really started to work on myself, we got to have other conversations. And on the intimacy side of things, how many of us are too insecure to feel our best selves during intimacy? That changed so much. And the focus isn't on like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so uncomfortable. I hate how I look. It can be about the experience and being in the moment and not just in terms of intimacy. It's in everything, right? When we pack up and get ready to go to the beach, it's no longer me standing in the mirror being like, I don't want to go crying about how I look. And, and then ultimately like even staying home sometimes it's, we're going to the beach and we're going to have so much fun. And that's that. And not that it's not okay to be like, if you're on that beginning side of your journey, it's okay. But that is one of the best positives to come out of this is that it just, that's no longer a part of our daily life and our daily conversations is me having to work through that, I guess. And I just want to make sure you know, it's okay if you're there, but it transformed everything. And same with the friendships. It's no longer about me sitting at the table being like, I'm not going to have a drink or I'm not going to have the French fries because I hate how my body looks. It's, we're just having fun. And that's, I don't know. It's just a really positive transformation. Yeah. I think that's huge because I think so often we can have a desire for a good friendship or a relationship, and then it comes back to those insecurities and truly how we're showing up in that way. And maybe even projecting things onto that and creating disagreements or arguments because we're coming from a place of protection of ourselves, but also putting ourselves down in that protection because you almost don't want to be too vulnerable or allow too much in because you just aren't trusting what can come out of that. 
So I think that's really great to say that like, okay, when you focus on your self-love or just even being aware how you may be kind of not self-sabotaging, but also sabotaging your relationships as well because of how you're showing up, that's really important and impactful. And I could see this happening possibly with your kids too. So I think that's something to be aware of too is how are you maybe projecting your self-worth and self-love onto any other relationship, including that with your children? And you reminded me of a situation that happened probably about a year and a half ago where we had friends invite us to go swimming. And I just like was not feeling it that day. And I was like, no, I don't want to be in a bathing suit in front of those people. And I don't want to go and do this. And now I probably about a month and a half after that, like that stuck in my head. And I know better, quote unquote, right? Like I know better. But what I realized was not only did I not love myself to have that experience, I then lost out on an experience with my kids and my husband because I decided that that was a reason we weren't going. There were a couple other reasons we weren't able to make that day work too, but that was a huge primary factor. And then third is I then projected how they portrayed me on them without even inviting that opportunity. And that was like one thing that I realized because again, like you can feel bad about yourself and you shouldn't. But for me, I notice it when I'm actually hurting my perception of others by assuming how someone feels about me and negatively impacting that relationship and friendship because I've assumed what they've said about me when they haven't. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that and where it's maybe showed up for you. And then once you recognize that, what are some ways that you can sabotage yourself and others in your relationships? Yes, that's so huge is like we create this scenario in our head and it hasn't even happened in, in real life. Like we assume that our partners feel a certain way and view us in a certain way. And it's likely completely off base. Even if you think you know your partner and how they perceive you, here's something that really changed my life with comparison is even if you try to play into somebody, like try to be the most perfect, you try to wear the right makeup and you try to wear the right things or, and how you act, like you try to be the best podcaster or you try to be the best coach, someone is still going to see you through their own filtered lens. We are all wearing glasses. Nobody's glasses are the same. Like every single person is wearing a different filter. So that is why we can both look at the same woman on Instagram and one of us might judge her and one of us be, might be like, hell yeah, like go girl. We are all seeing things through our own filtered lens. But like what I liked what you said is that you are robbing, it's going back to that experience that we talked about in, earlier with compliments, you're robbing that person of even being able to have their life experience. You are automatically creating emotions and scenarios in your head before they've even happened. And when we do that, we're not even giving ourselves the opportunity or that other person the opportunity to just exist. We're like, we're trying to manage. It's something that a lot of us do. It's a trauma response. It happens. And so I have found that other people, this is something that also changed my, the game for me. Other people can manage their own emotions. They can manage their own opinions. And guess what? Their opinions are none of my business because I don't care how much weight I lose. I don't care how good I look in a bathing suit. Somebody is still going to have something to say about it. Somebody's still going to judge it. You see all these women who go through these weight loss journeys and then all of a sudden there's, there's the comments, they're too skinny. No, like I don't like how she looks. I wish she would go back to the other way. Other people's opinions, comments, those are none of your business. So that is why I go back to the, where are we outsourcing our power and take it back. Like you've got to check in with yourself and come from that space of you do you. 
there's a quote, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and somebody's still gonna have a problem with peaches. I was literally just thinking that quote. I love that quote so much. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. And I mean, it's just, it's so true. So like, I realized I spent so much of my life trying to play into others' belief systems and like trying to fit. I still notice it. I try, I act different ways with different people, but we're outsourcing our power when we do that. So I don't even really remember what your original question was, but that's kind of where I want to go with that. No, no, I think that's great. Exactly as you said, like you can become this person, you can change the flavor of who you are, you can put on this filter for that different group that you may be with. But it's truly, are you happy with who you are? Are you feeling inherently worthy? And if not, how can you take yourself on that journey? And can you not rob yourself and the other person that's looking to have an experience with you, because you're not even allowing that experience to happen? Before we close up, I do want to just touch on one thing because I think there could be a listener out there that's saying, you know what, I want to feel worthy and I want to feel loved, but there is someone out there that's treating me poorly. There is someone that is robbing me my ability of self-worth or I feel like I'm in an environment where I can't succeed in that because I'm hearing these things said to me that make it really difficult to show up. I'd love for you to just speak to that person a little bit and what are some of the steps that they could take or how can they, if there's, if this is something specifically you can help with, because I feel like that's such a deep conversation and it could be so many different versions of that. Is there a resource that they could step into or just a step that they could take in their privacy and safety of their own environment while they have this other kind of unfortunate environment happening? Mm. So this is definitely layered and it's going to be specific to that relationship that you have in your life. But the first thing is we have to set boundaries. And this can feel really tough because sometimes we're not in a position to feel empowered and like we can set those boundaries. And that is why I recommend reaching out for support, whether it's a close friend, a parent, somebody, even even a stranger on the internet, me or Kelsey, like just having somebody to go through this with, because say you're in a relationship with somebody who has narcissistic qualities or is somebody who's putting you down constantly, no matter how much you believe you're worthy, that will still get to you, right? If you put me in a room with someone like that, even though I've done years and years of healing, that would still get to me. So it's strict boundaries. And it is you either showing up for yourself in the way of verbal boundary of I am not going to be spoken to like that, or I am not subscribing to what you're saying. Please do not speak to me in that way, or you will not speak to me that way. But this gets, this is layered because, you know, there's different relationship dynamics and it might be dangerous to speak up in that way. So I think this can go really a lot of different ways. But the first thing is boundaries is we get to show other people how to treat us. And if they don't respect that, then that's another conversation. But it's really about you showing up for yourself in that way of saying, I will not be spoken to like this. And then we kind of go down. If you're looking for support, please reach out to me. I will definitely be there to support you with this. But boundaries is the first. And then whatever we can do to have our own you time. So if you are in a relationship, even I I found people like kids in college who are still at home with their parents. If your parents are very negative or speak down to you or have taught you that you're not good enough, I mean, that can be a really tough environment as well. So getting that alone time, going into your room, having your own private space, if you can, within reason, to fill your own cup and to kind of come back to center would be hugely important. But I do think this conversation can go a lot further dependent on those types of dynamics. But boundaries are everything. I think that's great. And to be able to say like, hey, don't talk to me that way. And you know, our kids can also 
be this to us, right? Like I know myself, I've gone through seasons as a child where I didn't speak kindly enough to my parents. And I definitely see this in our community. So I think some of the things that we talked about today can also, you can say, hey, I understand that maybe you're feeling this way. You're taking it out on me. This is how you can sit down with your kids in that way. If you have someone that's more like a significant other or a parent or someone that's talking to you poorly, a boss, anything like that, then those are where the boundaries can step in. And to your point, the safety, we do have some resources in our community around that. So you can send me a message saying some word that's totally off word. I'll say pizza and I can help you get some resources around that and then reach out to Casey and she can help you as well. Casey, as we wrap today, I would just kind of like to recap. I think it's always so great. We can listen to these things. We can have a lot of things come up for us. And sometimes it can leave us feeling more uncertain with what to do than where we started. So I'd love to just kind of wrap it with three action steps that someone could take today in pursuit of a stronger relationship with themselves, regardless of if it's their body, their brain, their worth, just three steps that they can take when they get off of this podcast today to love themselves a little bit more. So the first one is all of you guys listening right now, I want you to make an affirmation list. You can look on Pinterest for resources. You can go to my Instagram. I post affirmations all the time. Like just compile a list and I want that plastered around your house. I have post-it notes in my cupboards. I have them in my fridge, in my freezer, everywhere. Like spam yourself with these things. Because like I said earlier, our brains are running on an autopilot function. If we never take the time to break that belief, that's how we're still going to feel. So positive affirmations. Number two is to start to look at your body in a bathing suit, in shorts, in a tank top, whatever, I mean, whatever your comfort level is, you might still not be able to wear a tank top yet. And that's okay. You've got to look at yourself. If we want to heal our relationships with our body, we've got to look at it. And then number three, I would say is taking an action step of the self care avenue of what's one thing that you can do each week to show yourself that you're healing this relationship, whether that's taking yourself on a date, whether it is a massage, right? It can be one of those stereotypical self-care things, or it's learning something new, learning these modalities like EFT tapping or rapid resolution therapy. These are all, you know, just subconscious reprogramming tools. But I found that my self-love journey skyrocketed when I actually did something about those beliefs. So whether you're just reading a book to learn about it, listening to a podcast, but just taking an action step to learn what's actually going on so you can heal it. So those would be my three tangibles. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, pouring into us. Always so great to talk to you. How can our listeners connect with you? Do you have any programs you're running that they can tap into? How can we support you? <laughs> so you guys can connect with me. Please come over, say hi. Uh, my Instagram is Casey Rose Coaching. And I just ventured into the TikTok world. I am at the Body Love Method on TikTok. But also right now I am running, I have my own three-month-long signature program called the Body Love Method, where I am detailing what's going on at a subconscious level, why we self-sabotage, why we yo-yo diet, why we don't love ourselves. And I'm teaching you those subconscious tools that I kind of briefly touched on here, but that's what I'm running. And if you guys stay tuned for around March, I'm also coming up with an at-home workout program. So I'm really excited about that as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Casey. And we'll put all of that into the show notes. So if you were listening, you can, when you are not driving or navigating anything dangerous, you can scroll down, look at all the links and connect over with Casey. Thank you so, so much for being here. Mamas, if you love this episode, please follow Mama Has Goals on Apple Podcasts. You always know when we drop a new episode and please leave a five-star review sharing your favorite takeaway, screenshot it, share it to your stories and tag Casey and I so we know what resonated. See you next time. 